Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben on Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. And uh, we're going to get into a topic that I think everyone needs to understand because it's happening right now around all of us. And it's the topic of disruption. And uh, this is a topic, obviously, that's relevant today, but it's also something that we've been talking about for, for decades, really. Uh, you know, there's this idea of being a strategic executive, a strategic leader. And there's all sorts of philosophies that we get in, can get into, which Shaquille is going to help us. So please start with a, with a bio on yourself, um, how you got into this topic and, and what sure. you're up to. Sure. Thank you for having me and pleasure, uh, pleasure uh, here with, to be here with you. Um, so my background, I've, I've worked in all aspects of leading organizations and uh, both corporate and nonprofit. So I started off as a sales coordinator uh, in the oil and gas industry, and then I uh, worked my way through to various levels in that organization, went back to do my MBA. Like many people, I felt like I could do more, went back to get my MBA and then entered uh, management consulting. So strategy consulting with a couple of top tier firms in downtown Toronto um, and did that for a while. And quite honestly, at one point, um, I, we had our second child. My first child was uh, three years or two years old and my second child was on its way. And uh, I just felt like I wasn't involved enough as a, mm -hmm. as, a, as a parent. And so I was fortunate that one of my clients at the right time offered me a position uh, to join their sales and marketing team. So I became director of a, of a transportation company uh, that evolved to actually leading a startup for the company, moving back to Vancouver, because again, I had a need to be with my family. My mom had passed and my dad, um, dad was on his own. I needed some support. So life threw, threw me another opportunity to move out to Vancouver. Um, other organizational changes that happened, 2008 financial crisis happened. So I had to pivot and move around a little bit. Um, so, and then I started a, a firm uh, in uh, for Canada to develop the business acumen and relationship relevant skills for senior executives that are salespeople, have a sales role. Uh, and that was my first foray into coaching and developing, working with senior leaders to, to help boost their practice. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed helping leaders and I really enjoyed seeing the light bulb go off above their heads. And that was my first taste of getting this chance to help leaders. Um, but then I was, uh, I, I got a call to interview uh, for a role as COO for a nonprofit. And while I wasn't really interested in the role because I enjoyed my practice, I wanted to volunteer for the organization at a high level. Um, it turned out after so a lot of reflection that I decided uh, with some deep reflection that if I didn't take this opportunity to do good in the world, to work for this nonprofit um, that focused on helping alleviate poverty in Africa and Asia, then I would always wonder and regret it. Mm -hmm. So I left my successful practice uh, and I moved to a different part of the country and I took on this role, committed to five years to help them deliver their mandate. Um, to five turned into seven. And the last couple of years, I felt I had done the job and I built a really strong team. And I felt like I was in the way. It was time to move move on and let the team grow. Uh, and um, I did some reflection and I realized that what I, what I really loved about that job as COO the most 
was developing the capacity of people to, to learn, to grow, to become stronger leaders. Again, that leadership development thing came back. And so through some reflection and some advice, I uh, decided this was the time to start my coaching practice. So I uh, went and got certified with uh, the Ivy Business School, their academy there, and I became certified as executive coach. And I'm combining my business leadership and my uh, my um, coaching certification to basically help leaders through this time because um, leadership through disruption is very different than leadership during stable times. And mm -hmm. I would argue that leadership um, these days is always in disruption. Forget the pandemic, even before the pandemic, you know, new technologies, multiple generations in the work workplace, um, social movements, uh, LGBTQ issues, um, all of these things are rising, all for the better for society. But there has been no stability in the workforce. And then you, you, you bring up all the crises and scandals and, and all those things that come up. Um, leaders need to be prepared to lead in these times. Yeah, that's that's so that's so well said, and 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 I think that you're you're so qualified to talk about this through your journey of you know kind of navigating through through various industries, through working for yourself, working for large mm -hmm. for profit, non profit. You know, that's that's the definition of a seasoned leader. <laughs> you know, and, and not to mention through you know recessions. Now maybe we'll call it two recessions, maybe yeah. three. So so yeah. I think that that's really interesting. Where we sit, you know, as as a video communication company, yeah. Dub, is that we we are we are the disrupting company, but the disruption is not happening in a way where I think we're 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 breaking other industries, and you know we're seen as a, as a threat necessarily. Um, rather, it's all about enabling because I think one of the biggest problems that we have seen that we're trying to solve, frankly, is this idea of communication because before mm -hmm. you know as leaders as executives as salespeople as visionaries as thought leaders whatever we might be this idea of communicating in a way that instills trust that puts our information out there that people can consume that mm -hmm. whole process has become slightly broken yeah. and we're on our sort of path to 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 solve it now my first question for you is you know as a leader right now you a leader doesn't have necessarily the same platform that they had, you know, many, many years ago. The corner office is gone. Right. The conference rooms are dead. Right. You right. know, they find themselves in a situation where the playing ground is completely equal. We have social. We have LinkedIn, yeah. you know, and, you know, I think the, the fortune right now is really favoring the bold, you know, and it's the people that are actually courageous enough to go put themselves onto social channels. But what are some things that you might recommend to people to continue to to give themselves a platform in order to be that leader that they want to be? Yeah. Well, I do agree with you in that the way to do that, the best mechanism we have to do that is uh, right now through social media. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are obviously and not as much now, but there are opportunities uh, you know, for keynote speaking and making yourself available to speak to large audiences. In some ways, those opportunities don't exist, but in other ways, they actually exist more because, you know, podcasts and uh, uh, and virtual kind of conferences are actually on the rise. I mean, I've I've been on like six podcasts and I'm about to do another uh, keynote uh, or a panel at a, a, a conference coming up in the, a couple of months. Oh, so and what, what conference is that? 
it's the Strategic Account Management Association. They do two summits, one in Europe, one in uh, one in North America, and it's all going virtual. And so I'll be speaking on strategic account management programs um, at that conference. It's sama.org if anybody's interested, or strategicaccounts.org. Strategic but everybody calls it SAMA, S-A-M-A. Um, and so that's coming up. So those opportunities, I think, are really important. And through those opportunities, you get a chance to seed in your message and seed in your views. And mm. hopefully, during those times, you get to, to, to shape some perspectives. Mm. Um, but you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, I agree with you completely. It is really about social media. It's about not only putting yourself out there and, like you said, sharing video content uh, and um, sharing other thoughts and original thoughts. But it's also, I feel, about engaging on the thoughts that other people provide. It needs to be a give and take. Like social media can't just be all give. It's got to be give and take. So if somebody else says something you like, share it, comment on it. Um, if people comment on something you like, engage with them. Uh, and then I really am a big believer um, is that if people are engaging with their content or you like content that they're, they're putting out there, reach out to connect live, right? Have a real conversation with them. And again, these platforms are really amazing these days. Have these real conversations. Uh, and I have just recently launched my own podcast called Navigating Disruption, partly as a mechanism for me to learn from others mm -hmm. uh, and, and provide a platform for others as well that are looking to have their stories um, out there and told. And so I think we all have to help each other during this time to uh, uh, lift each other up, to, to allow people to share their ideas and content. Kudos to you uh, for doing this. I mean, what an excellent initiative you have. I've heard some of your podcasts and it's a really wonderful way to have everyday people that are quite talented come out and share their views. But those are my, those are my thoughts right now. And I think video is a really important part of it. I mean, yeah. I share videos on, uh, on LinkedIn and, and on, um, sometimes on Instagram and sometimes on Facebook. Um, but I mean, looked into your platform. It's a tremendous platform for real authentic connection on a regular basis. Mm, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like right now we're at the cusp of, of all new systems, processes that are about to get, you know, dropped in our society. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think of, I, I read, I read the book, you know, the blue ocean strategy. I, I read that so many years ago when it came out and, and I was, I was impressed. I was really really floored by the idea of, you know, thinking differently, being, you know, having this idea of being able to exist in a world where may, in many ways you actually don't have competitors and your competitors right. and your threats become right. your opportunities. Right. And I, and I feel like we're about to get a whole new wave of, of these ideas, you know, Absolutely. that are going to inspire us. And, exactly right. you know, my, my question for you, since you're on the forefront of this, yeah. is what are what are you seeing what are you noticing yeah. what's what's changing in our mindsets from a coaching perspective from a leadership perspective yeah. from a calm perspective yeah yeah so really quickly my my favorite analogy um in coming up with the name of my company um it's it's ocean blue mm -hmm. uh, partly inspired by blue ocean for sure um but the premise is this that i believe that all leaders all individuals um want to make an impact on the world a good impact on the world and I think of a visual for impact, which is taking a pebble and throwing it in a body of water and you see the ripples. Mm -hmm. And the ripples are like cascading impact to other people. Uh, but the waters are not very often calm. 
Mostly mm. the waters are volatile these days. So very hard to throw a pebble in volatile waters and see a ripple. Now, the people that are successful in still making an impact in volatile waters, those competitive forces, those changing customer demands, the crisis that happened, I think exhibit a few skills. Um, one of them is, it's called a growth mindset. Mm. This recognition that we're always learning, we're always growing. Um, it's been, uh, it's been, you know, uh, made famous right now by a professor out of Stanford, uh, Carolyn Dweck. The growth mindset is this recognition that all challenges that come our way are opportunities to learn. And the most effective people don't cling to their successful past practices to go into the future. They regularly learn, but they also regularly unlearn and they relearn. So successful individuals that are able to navigate disruption are able to, on a daily basis, learn new things, but discard what is not relevant anymore and try new things and reflect on those new things in a way that allows them to tweak it, right? Mm. So many people already practice this naturally, but I believe that everybody can learn it, even if they don't practice it regularly. So that's a growth mindset. The other thing I think is really important is um, leadership character. And the way I define leadership character um, is the balancing of two things. And a favorite uh, uh, professor of mine, Martha Mesnevsky, has given me this wonderful analogy of where Hercules meets Buddha. Mm. So leaders need to have the ability to balance both the drive, the courage, the accountability, um, the, the pushing their, their people, but at the same time have the empathy, the nurturing, the humility, the humanity, and the temperance. It's not one or the other, it's both. And if you have too much of one, you're not gonna be effective. If you have too much courage, drive, and uh, all those things to drive results, guess what? That's how you get the 2008 financial crisis. And that's mm -hmm. how you get the mortgage meltdown. But if you have the other extreme, which is too much humility and humanity and temperance, you don't really get a lot, of done, a lot done. People like you, but they may not actually feel that you're the one to help them grow and learn and move forward. So you need a balance of the both and you need to know when to engage each part and be able to pick those things to be Herculean about and those things to be Buddha-like about. So that would be another thing. Um, regular, regular self-reflection is, I would say, the third thing. A regular practice of mindfulness. It could be a walk in the woods. It could be a meditation. It could be... Um, you know, thinking while you're running, something that allows you to reflect on your day, reflect on the day past, reflect on the week forward, draw out the insights about yourself, challenge yourself to reflect on your blind spots. We all have them. Uh, and then I would say the fourth thing I think is really important is um, empath empathy and candor. The two together. Being able to meet people where they are emotionally and communicate them based on where they are, but also which is candor is not holding back the truth from people because you're afraid of their reaction. Being honest with people, um, instead of sweeping things under the rug, being honest with them, but when you are being honest with them, you make sure that you're not just trying to get it off your chest, you're actually doing it to be in their service to help them grow, to help them learn. And if you sweep it under the rug, you're holding back from their ability to grow and change. Mm. 
Mm. So there's a number of things that go into, I think, uh, navigating through disruption. These are just four of them that I think are really important. A couple of others really quickly, um, customer-centric uh, leadership. And that's really important actually in this time right now. When customers' lives are changing, the way they shop, the way they watch, the way they get healthcare, the way they get entertained, the way they engage with each other. When all these things are changing, being customer-centric means watching those changes very closely and then interpreting what can I do to add value to that change in their life. Mm. I think that aspect of it is really important. And the, the sixth one I talk about is business acumen. And that's in doing all of this, you still have to be focused on for profit, right? Mm -hmm. Because profits are what drive your ability to continue to invest in these things. And they're the ultimate measurement stick of whether these things are worth it or not. Um, whether it's profit in the short term or the medium term, there needs to be some kind of profit in this situation. Even if you're a not-for-profit, that's impact, right? Right. Um, you still have to be focused on making an impact, improving a result. So those are the six things that I see are really important as far as navigating disruption. Now, that that was powerful. I, I was I was taking notes, copious notes here, <laughs> and that was that was really good. My my simple question for you is that. I almost feel like in order to, to learn all of these items, to yeah. adapt to all of these items, to improve, and to your point, to discard the things that are not so relevant in our lives, how can one do that? It's almost like we need to have a third eye <laughs> on ourselves from a bird's eye perspective that's watching and that's learning and yeah. taking those notes yeah. so that we can improve and so that we can figure out hey you're doing this hey you're not doing this most of us are stuck in our minds we're stuck yeah. in ourselves yeah. and and how do we jump out of that and have that kind of out of body experience in order to progress it seems like the, from my perspective it seems like the most challenging thing well it's true it is challenging i have to say that you know what i described here and all these six things is we can't be expected that anyone can master all six right uh, we are all a work a work in progress, every one of us, including myself. And many of the things I described to you, I will also be challenged with in some way or another. Um, here's what I think. A few things that I think are ways to work on this. I think having trusted people in your life is very important. It doesn't have to be a large circle, but a small group of people that are trusted advisors to you that you know will tell you how it is will be honest with you and you can go to for, for candid feedback is really important. Um, those people can be actual people in your life, coaches and mentors in your life, or you can actually pay for them. You can get mentors and you can pay for coaches. Uh, and I think it's a really important investment to make an improvement, whether you're not, don't see yourself as a strong performer or you're a highly successful person. I think we can all benefit from coaching. Um, a couple of other things that people can do, I would say consuming content, the right content on social media, watching the right videos on, on TED and on YouTube where people are sharing ideas of their own reflections, of their own uh, knowledge and exposing yourself to that, I think is an opportunity which stimulates self-reflection. That I think is, a, is another important one. I think um, writing is another very powerful one. 
I think it combined with that mindfulness that I talked about, that self-reflection is actually on a regular practice daily, every couple of days, every week, is writing the experiences you've had during the week and then reflecting on those experiences. It doesn't have to be long. It could be bullet points. It could be a page. Um, is doing that regularly are three simple ways that will allow us to actually develop all of these skills. Um, it has to be intentional. It has to be deliberate. When we say these are very challenging, absolutely it's very challenging. It's impossible if there's no intentional effort. Mm -hmm. But if there's intentional effort put to one or two of these things through the ways I've suggested, I think um, people will see progress. And here's the beauty of the way our, our brains work. Our brains are wired from birth for continuous improvement. When a baby learns how to walk, who's teaching them? Nobody. <laughs> there's some chemistry in the brain that says, I want that thing. It stimulates the right brain chemicals to make an effort. As that effort is made, brain chemistry is released to strive. As soon as they get a couple of steps, they get really happy. The brain chemistry says, wow, that worked. I'm excited. I'm going to try it again. They do it again. Eventually, they get it. The brain chemistry makes them very excited. And they say, okay, what's the next thing? Can I go over <laughs> there? Can I do the next thing? That never leaves us. But the trick to activating that power of the brain chemistry is to set a goal to try something new, make an effort to do it, apply it, and then reflect on how it went. And once we get that thing, it's like it's like bump starting a car, rolling it down a hill to get it started. Once it gets started, it'll run its own, right? I mean, it's Jim Collins calls it the flywheel effect. We trigger a set of activities that self-propel and push, and then we're, we're rolling. So, you know, I... I, I totally agree with you, man. That makes so much sense to me. You know, I, I feel like what we're missing right now, uh, most of us, at least in, in, in a corporate sense, is this idea of, you know, focus on the EQ, focus on the interpersonal, focus on this idea of not just what are our tasks, what are our goals, what does our pipeline look like, what are we trying to accomplish, what are these KPIs on this dashboard, yeah. but rather, how are we progressive, how are we... Yeah how are we continually improving in our lives? And that's yeah. actually one of the things that I, I would say that I've noticed probably the, the, the least of from a leadership perspective. And I think to your point, it, it does require that third party, that catalyst, you know, an accountability partner of some sort. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're missing that. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, I was on a, on a interview earlier today. Um, somebody's writing a book about, how to make coaching more accessible to everybody in the world, mm. not just the senior executives, but anybody that needs it. And they're just asking my thoughts on if it was important, if I thought it was important, how to go about it. I won't repeat the conversation here, but I do think that it's very important for more people to feel that coaching is a mechanism for them that they can help and know how to access it. Right now, it seems like a very elite service or a service you refer to through the form of private counseling. Uh, but I think all of us can benefit from, from the relationships. You know, I also do sales training. And in the sales training, one of my biggest um, kind of pushes is for salespeople to learn how to become coaches. Mm. Because if anybody has the potential to influence a number of people and a number of businesses at a lower management level, it's salespeople, right? They're mm -hmm. calling on all, they're measured on how many people they see. 
So if we have salespeople as part of their basic training, learn how to develop coaching skills, then what a value enabler they have to offer their customers. And what an opportunity for us to kind of spread this capability around. And again, I think of the ripple, right? If you if a, if a sales rep coaches their customer and that customer learns something and is able to take that home to their family, to the people they work with, to their colleagues, and on and on it goes, powerful, powerful visual for me. You know, this is this is probably one one of our most demanded items from the the dub community. You know, mm -hmm. the dub community is empowered with technology to send videos very easily. Gmail, LinkedIn, SMS. Yeah. Um, it's mostly people in sales. It's people in uh, you know coaching. It's people in sales. The problem is that yes, here's some tech to be able to send a video and to drive actions. But the problem is, what do we say? How do we employ some of those things that you mentioned earlier, like empathy and like listening yeah. and like understanding and business acumen? And, and that's where it gets a little bit dangerous for yeah. me because, you know, technology, you have to be responsible with it, you know? Absolutely. So one of the things that I would, I would love to do with you is, is to co-host a webinar if, if, you're, if your schedule permits, where we could actually talk about how you can use video and how you can actually convey Sure. Um, some of these ideas to people. Sure. I'm happy, to, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And, you know, I, just to build on your point, I had never thought about it that way as the responsibility uh, for somebody with a company like yours. It's almost like, you know, the responsibility that Facebook or Twitter has to manage the, the negativity that those <laughs> platforms allow to generate. I mean, I could imagine somebody using your platform if they were so motivated to spread some pretty nasty stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, and so creating an opportunity, not only to limit that, but also creating an opportunity to use the platform with great power of the platform comes responsibility to share uplifting ideas and, and messages and improve relationships. I would be very proud to participate in a conversation like that with you. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's such an important topic because I think that people now, we're, we're, we're basically rewiring ourselves and how we communicate and the methods in yeah. which we're communicating. And there are these things that have been tried and true that are so important to us, but it's not what you say, it, it's, the, it's the way you say it. And now, you know, with different tech, different mediums, um, I feel like we all need a, a reboot on that. And, and that's probably my number one most interesting topic that I can share with people, mostly because I don't know much about it. And I'm yeah. also learning. I'm a student of this as yeah. well. You know? It's a, so. it's the best place position in the world to be, to be a student all the time. <laughs> I'll tell you, I apply the learning cycle that I learned last year on a bunch of things. And I've learned at least 10 new things in the last six months that I never thought I'd be able to do. The next one is using your platform, by the way. Okay, cool. I've, I've conquered editing a podcast. I've conquered, you know, starting a website, writing a blog. Uh, I've done those things. Uh, the next one for me is to is, is to to use your platform. So I will definitely try it out. Amazing. Where can that people learn more about you? Uh, your website, uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. So LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, name Shaquille Barmel, as you spelt it earlier. Um, that's a good place to find me. Uh, I have a website, shaquillebarmel.com, that talks about me personally. Um, have, I have a great blog on the power of nostalgia in learning, where I tell life childhood stories and draw leadership lessons from them. Um, and I also have, so that's shaquillebarmel.com. Uh, and then I have uh, my own company website, the oceanbluestrategic.com which I have more coaching content and, and coaching blogs. 
Um, and if you're interested, and it's Shaquille Barmel with an H. Got it. Yeah, Shaquille Barmel with an H. Um, and then finally, I do have a podcast called Navigating Disruption. It's available wherever you find podcasts. And I'm only three episodes in, working on my fourth now. I also, Ruben, would be really privileged to have you on there at some point as I build out my content. Oh, it would be my honor. That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. I mean, from a perspective, I'd really, really like you to talk about how you're building your business and mm. and how you are a dis as a disruptor, how, how you see it on your side of things. That would be, that's an amazing topic. I'd love to get into that. Yeah. I to, just to give you a teaser on that. Yeah. I think that for, from our perspective, it starts with this, this friction, you know, this, this, I remember years ago, there was this friction that I would notice and I would continue to notice this friction from a calm perspective. And I started to realize that people's mindsets with our attention spans and the way that we were trusting other human beings, it was, it was changing dramatically. Yeah. And as a result, it would put a lot of folks in a situation where they couldn't be them, their best self. And that most of their time was was spent rather on communicating and providing value, but just trying to get over that friction, chasing and trying to build trust and get people to actually listen to them. And 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 no one wants no one should be in that situation. Yeah. No one should be in that situation. You know, we're all sources of light and you know, Absolutely. we are all kind of gravitating in this larger omniverse with with amazing potential and amazing stories um, to provide value to help people and uh it, for me it's a cosmic thing almost it yeah. really is yeah i can and, see that uh, <laughs> you know I can see that. I, i'm really into quantum physics so I, yeah. I i i almost went there for a second i won't but, <laughs> but we are truly all beacons of light you know we are quasars uh with yeah. knowledge and information and there's so much good that we can do and sometimes that good it does require some disruption some destruction but in an effort ultimately to create um, production and love. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. No, you have to be, you have to be on. I, I, I look forward to that opportunity. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, Take pleasure. Care. Thanks. Lovely talking to you. Likewise. Thanks. Take care. Bye.